Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Felicity Pointer, type 1 diabetic, certified health coach, personal trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. Keep 100 Radio is brought to you in collaboration with StinGrip, the only patch company that I trust with my diabetes devices. I started using StinGrip about two years ago, and before I found them, my Dexcom would last maybe four or five days before falling off, making it really hard to lift weights, hike with my dogs, or just wanting to do the everyday things that I love. But now I can confidently travel, work out, and navigate life with diabetes without having to worry about dealing with insurance more than I have to, begging for replacements, and resorting to fingerprints. Plus, I'm in love with their mission to help us live fearlessly with diabetes. You can check out Stingrip at stingrip.com and save 10% on your order by using the code LISSIE, L-I-S-S-I-E, at checkout. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Keep You 100 Radio. I am so excited to be back and less nasally than last week. If you joined me on last week's episode, then you know that I had allergies and a sinus infection and all around, it just was not a good time. And I just felt really bad for showing up to the podcast that way. But feeling more clear this week, feeling back and ready to just record this new episode and I'm really excited for it. Um, and again, like if you're listening to this, then more than likely you are a person living with diabetes or a loved one of a person with diabetes and you know the struggles of being sick and dealing with blood sugars. So I just want to take a quick minute to like normalize that blood sugars can be very difficult to control sometimes, even if you are the most well-controlled person, being sick throws you for a loop. So Just taking a minute to normalize that, my average blood sugar was a lot higher than usual, my time and range went down significantly, and I just feel like with Instagram and social media, like a lot of people, like it's a highlight reel, like let's be honest, so just kind of showing that other side and normalizing that diabetes can be hard and being sick with diabetes is even harder, yeah, just taking a minute to, to preface with that in case maybe you need to hear it too, because the last few weeks were a struggle and I really need to remind myself of that. So that's my TED Talk for the first portion of this episode and we're going to dive right in. So in today's episode, I'm taking it Q&A style. So if you follow me on Instagram, then you might have seen a few weeks ago or last week, I posted an Instagram story that was just welcoming all questions for this episode. I wanted to kind of take this and answer any questions that might be resonating with you right now, anything that you might be working through, or maybe you just can't find information on online and just bring that to today's episode. So we have a lot of really great, amazing questions. If you like this style of format of podcast, please let me know. Like, Go ahead and send me an Instagram message or just leave a review on the podcast because I want this to be the best format for you, for your learning and just what resonates most with you. And the best way to do that is if you let me know. So diving right into the questions. So the first question that we had is, what is your first piece of advice to somebody that was just diagnosed with type 1.5 at 30 years old? So I really like this question. I think it's really important because 
I mean, if you guys know me, if you've been listening to this podcast or if you follow me on social media, then you kind of know my journey. I was diagnosed with type 1 when I was 19. And I don't think that there's any right time to be diagnosed with type 1, with type 1.5, with type 2, really anything. But being diagnosed as an adult I think is just a very different situation because there's a long period of life that you knew. You knew life without it. You knew how to eat without it. You knew how to exercise without it. You kind of had to, you'd have to go out into different situations without all the prep work. And it is kind of a feeling of whiplash. And I think it's okay to say that and acknowledge it. So, you know, when I was first diagnosed, I had kind of went into my appointment for figuring out what the heck was going on and I had I had left with them telling me okay this is how you now have to eat you have to inject insulin every day of your life now you have to you know do x y and z and no matter how much they tried to normalize the experience like yes they did tell me you will be able to still eat the things that you want to eat you'll still be able to do the activities that you want to do you'll still be able to travel and all of these things there was still the awareness that I knew that life was going to be very different. And part of me wishes that they had acknowledged that in my doctor's office. Part of me also was comforted that they didn't. But at the same time, I knew that there would be a part of this new journey that would be different. And looking back at that time now, I wish that I had taken that time to grieve. Because nobody really tells you in the moment to do that. Whether you're diagnosed a year ago, six months ago, two years ago, whatever it is, I think it's really important that we take that time. I had just kind of gotten diagnosed, started the new medication, started insulin, and went back right to my classes. I was a freshman in college at that time. I didn't want to miss out on all the social events, and I didn't want my education to be held back because of this. And in return, I just didn't get that opportunity to really grieve it and get the support that I needed at that time. My advisors did tell me, hey, this would be an opportunity for you to withdraw with a medical excuse. It won't count towards your GPA. This might be a good opportunity. And I declined that. Looking back, am I upset that I didn't take that time? I mean, no, I had really great friends that were supportive at that time, but you know, I think it would have supported my journey better and I would have been able to accept a lot of things sooner if I had taken that time. And I also think it would have been really beneficial for my friends and my family for me to have taken that time because, you know, there's going to be a new version of you that they will need to get to know. There's a new side of how you prepare for things and how you now experience things that they will need to also learn and get accustomed to. And the more that we can kind of open that door and allow them into that experience, I think the more, just the better the, the journey will be for not only them, but you. You'll have more support and you'll be able to welcome in these experiences in a different way than if you don't. So I guess this is a long form way of me saying that, you know, whatever part of your experience that you are in now, no matter what medications you are on or, you know, if you're on insulin or if you're not yet, really no matter what, I think now is a really crucial time to, one, be able to grieve, like, acknowledge that this is a different experience than you thought that you were going to have and that's okay to say out loud 
It's okay to get support from your friends, your family, a mental health professional, your healthcare professionals. Like this is a really important time to learn not only the ins and outs of diabetes, but just like what life can look like with it and how your life is going to look with it. Um, whether that's the same as it was before, or maybe it's a little bit different now, whatever that is. I, I never thought I'd be a health coach. Let's put that, put it that way. Um, diabetes changed a lot, but again, I think this is a really important time. And then, you know, number two, I'm assuming since you follow me on Instagram, you've already kind of dived into the online community a bit, but whatever way feels good for you and whatever quantity it feels good for you, you know, get involved with the diabetes community in one way or another whether it's meeting one friend online, whether it's sending me a DM on Instagram or listening to this podcast, whatever feels comforting and not overwhelming for you, get involved in just that amount. So that's my biggest piece of advice. I know it's easier said than done, but I think going back, that's what I would have wanted to hear when I was first diagnosed. Um, Just being that I kind of know what it's like to be diagnosed as I was a young adult, but I think going back, if I was diagnosed right now at 27, that's exactly what I would need to hear as well. So the last question that we had is wedding prep and diabetes. Ooh, okay. This one's a tough one because honestly, I'm not too far into wedding prep. So again, if you missed any of the previous episodes or this is the first episode that you're listening to, um, well, first of all, hello, I'm Lissy. I'm your podcast host, but I recently got engaged about a month and a month and a half ago. We got engaged on March 20th. And so we are taking some time to first be engaged. <laughs> um, I don't think we're gonna, we're not looking to get married until probably May of 2024. So it's a little bit of a longer engagement, but that kind of gives us time to really just enjoy being engaged before getting right into wedding planning, which I'm okay with. Weddings are a lot of money and <laughs> it takes some time to uh, to save up for. So not we haven't like gone too far into the wedding pr- planning process, but I do kind of have some ideas for when we do kind of get into all of that. So one thing that I really want to do, so I'm on the insulin pump. And one thing that I really want to do with my wedding dress is I want to make sure that first of all, it has pockets because I know that I will be like, I don't have any plans to go off of the Omnipod. So I'm envisioning that whether I'm still on the PDM, which if you're not on, on, on the Omnipod, it's just that little like remote that you use to control, you know, your insulin doses. And if not, then, you know, the Omnipod 5, I believe is from, it comes from an app on your phone. So either way, I'll be carrying around something, whether it's my PDM or my phone, I'll need to carry around that or an insulin pen, whatever I kind of decide to do. And I'll probably want a pocket inside of my dress. But I also experienced at my brother's wedding. So the last wedding that I was actually in was my brother's wedding in 2018. And oh my goodness, I don't know if it was just the excitement or the adrenaline or whatever it was, but my blood sugars were like 300 the entire day. And I am so I'm kind of fully expecting that to happen for the day of our wedding. I just know that the excitement will probably get to me and it'll probably spike my blood sugars. So I think I'll also have to be like very intentional that day with my management. I'll probably have to talk to my endo and, you know, do all the things. And then I think like lastly is just being strategic in actually eating that day. I've heard of so many people that talk about their weddings and they're like, I didn't even get a chance to sit down and eat. So just having like my 
bridal party be people that will remind me to like, hey, listen, you have to sit down and eat. Don't forget to take your insulin or like helping me count the carbs, whatever it is. Um, just working on that end, I think will also be something that I really need to focus on. To be honest, this is the first time I'm really actually thinking about this stuff. So I'm kind of thinking out loud. So I hope you guys are enjoying the brain dump of a process. <laughs> and then I think the last thing that I will likely do um, because I know that I will also have a few other people living with diabetes at my wedding. I'll have like five other people living with diabetes. So one thing that I really want to make sure that I do is communicate with the catering company. I'm team food truck. I want to have a food truck at our wedding. Um, like I'm literally talking like taco food truck. Like I'm that chill about it. Um, whatever we go with, I think I will sit down with them and say, Hey, there are some nutrition, uh, and nutrition information that we'll need and probably having a little sheet at each table with the carb counts. I just think that would be a cute little idea that's supportive, not only for me and my blood sugars, but the other people living with diabetes. So yeah, that is my little brain dump of wedding planning. Again, we haven't gotten too far. I don't really know much of anything yet, but I guess I'll have more answers for you in the fall when it comes to that. Okay, question number three. I need new desktop sites. Tummy and arms are tired. Ooh, yeah, those are my go-to um, sites too for my desktop. Actually, I usually use my stomach for my Omnipod and then my arms for my desktop. But I have been trying to get better at rotating my sites. So one site that I really like for my desktop, and I hope that no representative from desktop is listening right now because it's not like an approved site. Um, but if you are a if you're a female that wears like kind of typical female underwear, I put my Dutscom sometimes right at like the panty line of like kind of like up on the side of your leg, but like kind of also your butt. I love that site and I use a skin grip to hold it on there. So it's literally never ripped off from like my pants or anything, but I really like that site. I never even feel it. Maybe I'll roll over it once in a while if I'm laying down, if I'm going to sleep, but that's like another clutch site. Another one that I use or I try to use sometimes is my thigh. I have bony legs, so sometimes this doesn't go too well. Sometimes I have some er sensor errors. So if you have like legs that aren't like bony like mine, that might be a good area. I see a lot of other people doing that. Um, and those are kind of my go-to other than my arms. I've seen a lot of people use their forearms. I, I'm not brave enough. I'm just not brave enough. So I can't speak to that, but there might be some people on Instagram that might be able to speak to that more. I've also seen other people put their desktop on their upper chest. Again, I haven't tried that. I don't think I'm brave enough to try it. I think I would just forget it's there. Um, but that might, you know, just some fun ideas. I don't know if those are, they're definitely not that's come approved, but you, you can look into those. Okay, next question. How long have you had diabetes? I have had diabetes for eight years and three months. It's crazy. It's crazy feeling like I'm almost at a decade. Because like I said, like I was trying to talk about earlier, I was diagnosed at 19, so I had 19 years of living without diabetes. But now kind of looking back, I can't remember not living with it, which <laughs> can be a good thing, can be a bad thing. But no, I truly can't. Like I feel like it's just such a natural part of my day now to kind of think about these things and think about the carb counts and think about taking my insulin. It's not as much of like a burden as it used to be. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I definitely still get those periods of like minor burnout. So like last night I actually had to change my Omnipod and I feel like I had just changed it. Like I literally remember changing it before bed and Jordan literally had to wake me up and he was like, like you're, you're beeping. Like, can you please check that out? (laughs) Um, because if like, like an hour or two after you put on the Omnipod, it beeps at you to make sure that you're getting insulin to it's like, hey, check your blood sugar. Um, so that happened overnight. And I'm like, I swear this just happened like two nights ago. How is it already time for my pump change? Like three days just goes by so fast. So I'll definitely get like minor periods of like little burnout like that where I'm like, I just don't feel like doing this right now. I don't feel like changing my pump. I don't feel like finding my insulin, um, you know, taking the pump off, trying to find a new site. I'm like, I just don't feel like doing it. So that definitely still happens, and I know that that's it's going to. But yeah, eight years. <laughs> it feels like a long time, and that's where we're at. Um, and then our next question: preventing skin issues with Deathcom and OmniPod. Mine are completely ruining my skin. I've heard this from a lot of people. And I've actually experienced it for myself too with the Deathcom. So for a while I would wear the Deathcom and I would get this horrible rash underneath. It would be like bright red, really bumpy, it almost like kind of burning. And that didn't happen for a few years until like until a few years of wearing the Deathcom. I don't know if they changed their adhesive or what it is, but it definitely started. And I've heard that from a lot of the community. So you're definitely not alone in that of having that reaction. I can say a really supportive thing that I've done is I went to the pharmacy and I bought uh, the generic version of Flonase. So Flonase is like a nasal spray for allergies, but I got the generic version of it, which is like 10 times cheaper. Let's start with that. But I got that and I would spray that on the skin before putting the Deathcom on. So between that and putting on Stintac before the Deathcom itself, that actually helped me a lot. So I no longer get reactions from that, and that's been really, really helpful. I've heard of other people using hydrocolloid patches. Uh, they will like get them from Amazon or the pharmacy, and they'll cut them to size, and then they will put that underneath their Deathcom. And then another thing that I would recommend is Skin Grip actually offers under patches or under layers for the for every device. So pretty much what they are is it's this flexible layer that's cut to size of your device and all you have to do is put it on your device put it on the Deathcom or put it on the Omnipod before putting it on the site and it acts as a barrier. Now you do need an overpatch when you use that because it kind of takes away some of the stickiness of the adhesive but it works really, really well. And the best part is that they are reusable so that you don't have to even worry about continuously buying like like the hydrocolloid patches. You have to buy them over and over again. But with the underlayer, you get a few in a pack. I think they're only about $17 and you have them for good. Like you just wash it and then you can keep reusing it. So I would definitely recommend that. You can use my code Lissy. L-I-S-S-I-E at checkout that will save you money on that. So yeah, that's another really solid option. I haven't really run into too many companies offering anything like that. So yeah, I absolutely recommend 
those three options. I haven't tried the hydrocolloid patches, so I can't personally speak to it. But if you follow uh, Mary on Instagram, I believe she's type type one Mary. She posts all about that on TikTok, so she might have some more some more answers for you if you have that. And those were our questions for today. A nice twenty minute podcast. Again, let me know if you enjoyed this layout of of podcasts like I would love to do like one of these a month just answering a bunch of questions and having that open conversation if you have any other questions please shoot me a message on instagram again my handles at needles and spoons underscore I love just having these conversations in the dms and just hanging out so I will see you on NetSuite's episode and thank you for hanging out with me today